Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. The 1-1 pitch, little bouncer to third, Carey up with it, fires to first, in time, and the Huskers have beaten number seven Vanderbilt. They get it done today, two in the bottom of the eighth to win it, five to three. That is a happy, happy Greg Sharp. Why am I hearing two of me? Better now. Figured out right now. No. no. Well, great well, to have you in on a Friday. Friday. It's Hale Hale Varsity, Varsity Radio, Radio presented, presented by Currency. Currency. Is your, is your speaker, speaker on, on, on the computer? computer? Are you muted? muted? B O. Hold on. Hold is on. That that's what's going, going on? on. We've already, We've already had, had two, two errors, errors in third right, right now. now. <laughs> well, that's why I don't play baseball. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I'll get you're, this figured out. Don't worry. You're a Cub fan. So, so I'm going to talk, talk without, without hearing, hearing anybody. anybody. And, uh, and we're going to move forward. forward. Schmidt, that, that is Connor Clark, Clark on Hale Varsity, Varsity Radio. Radio. At Schmidt underscore radio is where you find me on Twitter. You can find Connor on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Good news. If you're a Nebraska baseball fan, a wild win for the Big Red as they take down number seven Vanderbilt. Uh, and uh, and uh, do, do so in so impressive, impressive fashion, fashion 5-3. Three. Three. Nebraska, Nebraska had to come from behind to do it. They were trailing in the, in the middle, middle innings, innings 3-1. to one. But Nebraska able to stabilize, stabilize really good, good outing by Emmett Olsen. Olsen. Jay Shanneman came in, did his work. Nebraska able to make some impressive plays in the field, some timely hits. Garrett Anglin, the insurance policy with a solo shot. To make, to make it five, five to three. three. Numbers, Numbers to get in today, today on Hale Varsity Radio. 489-1240. 489-1240. Find us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. 1-800-825-5865. Can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Have we got it fixed? We should. Try, okay. try the headset now. Let us try that. Oh, glorious. Just me and just you. That is good. Coming up on the show in about 15 minutes, we'll get reaction from a Husker great World Series champ, Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba going to be with us around 425 in hour two. I can't hear you now. Okay. You're, you're, there we go. Jabba Chamberlain, 425 at five. We'll run down the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, a professor. And, of course, uh, uh, longtime uh, Husker 
broadcast man Bill Dolman. Brady Altman, uh, who are some of the kids being targeted by Nebraska? The in-state talent plus some NFL Combine reactions from Brady with the Huskers doing work in Indy. And then we'll head down to PBA between sessions. Jacob Padilla going to join us at 540 with Hale Varsity Radio. And so we'll check in with him. Thanks to all the folks who stopped out at Rosie's yesterday. Good to see everybody and uh, spend time doing a live show. We'll be back at Rosie's next week, next Thursday uh, at Rosie's as uh, we'll be there for all boys state tournament action. So Husker baseball gets the win. That's the lead story today. And Nebraska able to uh, keep pace, quite honestly, with, with what's been going on in the Big Ten. What's been happening in the Big Ten? Well, Nebraska has the Vanderbilt pelt on their wall. Maryland has beaten Ole Miss. Nebraska will hook up with Ole Miss on Sunday. Penn State's beaten Miami. Iowa rocked LSU. Illinois has beaten Southern Miss. Ohio State whacked UConn this season. Indiana's gotten over on Auburn and Texas. Michigan's beaten Grand Canyon. Sparty beat Grand Canyon. So why don't we just call it right now? Half the field of the CWS will be Big Ten. I'm kidding. We can only dream. Kind of of kidding. But, hey, this is a reality. Nebraska, Big Ten – and who gets to the postseason out of the Big Ten? Three to four in a good year, right? And you get a win like this. It is an RPI stabilizer. It's an enhancer. And Nebraska's got to go back at it and go handle business tomorrow with Hawaii and then finish out and do their best against Ole Miss. So let's hear a little bit from Will Bolt. As And if you rewind two weeks ago, it was a little crusty around here. We didn't overreact, but it was a oh no type tone or mentality with Nebraska's 0-3-1 opener against San Diego. Nebraska got back on the horse last weekend against South Alabama. The offense has continued to be good, and uh, as a team, they're, they're hitting right around 327. And Nebraska didn't make mistakes, Connor. They got three home runs hit off of them but they weren't two-run shots or worse. They were three solo shots. Those are the three runs Vandy had, and uh, that that Vandy physicality is pretty solid. But uh, Will Bolt today, cut one here, that knowing versus hoping, and the team came in confident, and they played confident in some big moments. It's, it's always good to, to feel like you beat a good team. I mean, we Vanderbilt, they got an All-American you know, on the mound, and a tough lineup that's really athletic and um, but we got a good team too you know so I, I feel I feel like our guys expected to win I feel like we didn't come into this game hoping to keep it close or hoping to have a good showing or come into this tournament uh, you know hoping to do that and I think we I know that we came in and we prepared to to play well and whatever that takes us tomorrow takes us tomorrow but um, yeah I was I was proud of our effort today amen and and, and that is Will Bolt it isn't happy to be part of the party. It's not, oh, Chuck's just thankful to be here. Y- you compete and you do all this to, to go win. Go win big ball games. Go win big moments. Go win on this stage against that conference and that team. And you, you needed, first of all, you needed it as a Nebraska baseball fan, but more so the team 
needed it from a reassurance. It's one thing to, to go sweep last weekend, but now it got real this weekend at U.S. Bank Stadium. It got real, and Connor, they responded. They responded, and they responded in a way that I didn't really expect, and I don't think very many people expected them to respond. Now, obviously, I thought that they were going to come out swinging because of you know the quality of opponents that they will see because they still have to play Hawaii and Ole Miss even after this game. But you knew that they weren't just going to kind of roll over. And you mentioned it; that's kind of the Will Bolt philosophy. We're not just happy to be here. We want to you know go out there and win some of these ball games and. I think, you know, they, they got off to a good start. They went up one nothing. Now Vanderbilt did fight back. They took a 3-1 lead, and I think that's a huge part of it too because you, don't, you go down two runs to one of the best programs in college baseball, not just this year, but period. That's a tough, you know, rally to come back from, and they were able to do that. And big shouts to Shea Shanneman mm. for three huge scoreless innings down the stretch. Huskers only used two pitchers today. I think that's big as well. So, Huge win for Will Bolton, his squad. Obviously, a huge confidence booster. And you mentioned it was, you know, a little wishy-washy, I guess, after that first series. We weren't overreacting. The season wasn't over, obviously, after but the first like, series. But you're like, where's this going to go? But they've won four in a row now, and they've beaten some pretty quality opponents in that four-game win streak. So seeing them win today was really, really encouraging, and Husker Nation has to be very, very happy with their performance. Huskers didn't play their perfect game. It did strand nine runners. It made multiple mistakes on the base paths, and they didn't blink. They didn't act like an underdog. You had a really quality start, his best start of the year for Emmett Olsen. Uh, You mentioned the three scoreless innings, and the offense squared up against Cade, make it Carter Holden, uh, one of the top prospects for the 2024 MLB draft. And time and again, Nebraska able to do work. Uh, they had eight doubles uh, today. Eight of their 13 hits were doubles, so the extra base juice. Nebraska also had the uh, six, top 10 in, in 20, six top 10 win in 23 tries in the Big Ten era. Uh, you had uh, Nebraska take down number one Arkansas in the regional in 2021 and also got over on Texas Tech, number three Tech in 2019. So um, that is impressive more from Will Bolt as uh, his post game uh, a little bit more here on on Vandy and, and what Nebraska was able to, to navigate on the hill with those home runs. Those are jolts, but they're not ultimately demoralizing when you give up a two-run or a three-run jack. Uh, more from Coach Bolt. I mean, they hit three jacks. I mean, it was, you know, you make a mistake to, to line up like that, they're going to make you pay. The difference was it was solo home runs, and that's kind of the message we had. Gave to our team and our guys and Emmett, just keep attacking the zone. Solo home runs don't beat you typically. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're a good team. We, we played well to beat them. More from Bolt. Let's talk about that mood because you're down in the middle innings 3-1. to one. And then you claw back and you win five to three. But uh, what was Will's message? What was the team's leadership like in the dugout in those middle innings when you're down? Stay the stay the course. I mean, we we kind of I think I called him up after maybe the fourth inning and said, look, we're we're not going to let a couple solo home runs dictate this game. Like keep having good at bats. You know, we made their he made some big time pitches when he needed to. His unbelievable sequences. Um, 
that's why he's an All-American. I mean, I, I thought that our guys had great at-bats, and we have extended at-bats and just keep setting it up. And, you know, we got in the bullpen a little bit earlier than they probably would have liked to have gone, and that ended up being the difference. Emmett Olson, highlighted by Will Bolt. Again, uh, preseason accolades for him, and he absolutely delivered today uh, Will Bolt's thoughts on Emmett Olson. It was, and again, because he, he didn't let a couple of, you know, the one inning he walked a couple of guys, I think we got the double play ball behind it. Um, it didn't let the crooked number kind of happen. I think that was, that's what an ace needs to do, is compete, get out, of, get out of jams. And if we make a mistake, he makes a mistake. You know, it doesn't turn into a crooked number. I mean, it's hard to overcome on a Friday night. So it's good to see him do that. So let's, and, and Evan Bland asked this question, but, any vibe from this team, cut eight, any remembrance or parallels between this team so far, what he's seen, and the 2021 squad that was a game away uh, over that Arkansas team? You start to have some, I think all championship level teams have similar traits. And those are some things we recognize early with this team. And I'm not saying we're going to win a championship, but I am saying that we have some of those traits with this group. They, they love each other, they have each other's backs, they have fun, but they know when to dial it in when they need to. And I, I just, it was the coolest thing for me is like, you know, Evans has, hasn't played all day. We played three different guys in right field, and he makes a huge, that's a huge play there to start that, that ninth inning. Who knows what happens if that ball gets over his head. So Columbus comes in, plays first base. You know, we got a, we got a team full of guys that just stay ready. So, Griffin Everett, uh, the at-bat that gave Nebraska the lead, one nothing. You had Max Anderson go three for four against Vandy pitching. Bryce Matthews, of course, that big uh, RBI double. And uh, a, a team effort for the Big Red. They get the win, and they uh, even overcame some, some stranded runners and some, some base-running mishaps to get Vandy. Now, uh, last thought here from Bolt. Uh, on uh, tomorrow as uh, Nebraska's got to reconfigure and uh, attack it the same way. Uh, Cut seven here. Staying level. Uh, You you can enjoy tonight. You earned it. But don't, uh, don't put your feet up. Kind of having a consistent mindset. Just it doesn't really matter your opponent. You know who who's, who you're playing, where you're playing, and what the weather's like. Um, you know you just you show up and compete against the baseball, and you stay pitch to pitch, and you stay in the trust zone to, to just trust yourself, your preparation, your teammates. Um, these guys, they've got some they've got some toughness to them. So I expect us to to show up tomorrow and, and play well. Will Bolt does not hand out compliments. He's not unfeeling. He's matter-of-fact, straightforward, and accurate in his assessment. It isn't pat on the back, here's a compliment like it's Halloween candy. He's pretty real with his assessment of the team, what he sees, some of those traits he touched on, and uh, he's right. you got to compete against the baseball. Uh, we'll hear from Jabba Chamberlain in about 10 minutes. Some thoughts from Christian McCaffrey as he sat down with Bussin with the boys. His take on Matt Rule, pretty excited Monday. We'll get a chance to spend time with Coach Rule and Thomas Fedoni, Chief Borders, uh, going to have media availability. So that's on the docket. We'll spend time, too, on Nebraska. They take off for Iowa, uh, showdown with the Hawkeyes, the regular season finale. Can Nebraska basketball bounce back? Numbers to get in at 489-1240. Can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Or, as always, uh, across the network where you hear us, 1-800-825-1240.
5865. Put a bow on uh, some Nebraska baseball as uh, Jabba Chamberlain with us next. I followed this on Husker Twitter, and uh, it was, I mean, you were, did you have the earbud in while you were at class? I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't get much past the second inning. During class? Or did you have it on while class was going? I'll be on it. Yeah, during class. That's okay. Of course. You know, it's not quite as bad as uh, confirmation where I, I <laughs> well, some of us in the room maybe had a, a, an earbud in uh, back when we were in junior high when Nebraska and Jamar Johnson upset Kansas on a Wednesday night. We were uh, in confirmation or, or, or listening to the game. I was listening to the game <laughs> instead of listening to my pastor. Uh, sorry about that, but. It worked out okay. Nebraska won, and I eventually got confirmed, so uh, knock on wood there. Jabba Chamberlain, uh, Husker Great with us next. His take on Big Red Baseball. Hail Varsity with you on a Friday, presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency Husker Standout World Series champ. He is smiling with the Huskers win over Vandy today. Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba, what's going on, man? What a what a job by the boys today. Man, it was uh, start to finish. There was, uh, you know, coming into it, it's, you know, we left some runners on. And, you know, with a team like that, it's tough sometimes just because of the, the caliber of what it was. But, and it went out and kept us in the game, and the, and the boys put together great at bats, and you know just all around it was a, it was a full nine inning game, and it was uh, it was definitely a fun one to watch. Well, thirteen hits for the Big Red and uh, Will Bolton Company, now a fourth consecutive win, holding Vandy to to just five hits, and Nebraska jumped out early, one nothing. Vandy answered as you got to the middle part and latter part of the innings. Nebraska down. Uh, to three to one, and then Anglin's uh, blast was was big time, and uh, the Huskers are are all smiles. Jabba, speak to the 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 momentum a win like this can can have short term for a tournament like Nebraska's in in Minneapolis, but also long term when it comes to RPI implications and even regional discussions. I think it's huge on on every aspect. I mean, we can we can break down the game here in a little bit, but. Just to know coming in early after, you know, coming off uh, uh, a weekend where we got three wins and just carrying the momentum in and obviously Vanderbilt being Bandy. It's, it's one of those teams that no matter what, when you play them, it's, it's you know what you're going to get. I mean, Tim Corbin is Tim Corbin, and he, and he has his guys always ready to play. And, and to know that we can go out and compete, I mean, from top to bottom and, and put together a complete game and compete with a team like that is just, it's going to do nothing but give our guy the utmost, you know, obviously respect for a team like that. But you have to respect us, too, now at this point. And, you know, just to have that confidence going into it, to know that anytime you go out, you know, you, you have a chance to win. We're obviously going to be tested again on Sunday against Ole Miss. And they're playing Maryland right now. So it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be a tough weekend. But I, I love these early weekends where you get tests and, you know, going into – a big month at home and, and having these tests is, is, is a great, great barometer of, of what this team can do and, and what they're capable of. Jabba Chamberlain's with his job. Let's, let's get into the game. And Nebraska 
I'm sure behind closed doors, not pleased with the opening weekend. But I thought Will did a good job of accentuating the positive with how the offense was was rolling. I mean, 327 is a team. And then again, 13 hits today. Give me a, a take on who impressed you at the dish today. There was, there was so many at-bats. I mean, obviously, Max going three for four. You know, we throw a couple sneaky doubles in. But then, you know, we just had, we had great at-bats. I mean, you're just... Guys were grinding through at bats. I mean, Bryce had a had a tough day at the plate, but then comes out with a huge two out hit late in the game to put us up five three. And you know, I just think the uh, the biggest thing too, I think throughout the entire game is, is the zeros we threw up after we got either tied or ahead. And you know, it, it's going to go overlooked and maybe not by everybody, but that catch that Garrett has in left field with two outs that allows us a chance to get to three to three. If not, then it's five to one, and that's a different ballgame. And so in that sixth inning, when he makes that catch, it allows us to get back in, and that's momentum. And he goes in, and he leaves off, he gets hit by a pitch, and it's just, you know, everybody did the little things right in this game to put us in that position, and it was just a fun all-around all game to see from you know, getting out of jams with a 6-4-3 and, Two odd hits. Yeah, did we leave nine runners on? And, and, you know, that's tough sometimes. But at the end of the day, you you find a way to win, and and we definitely did that. Right on with uh, the situational moments in baseball. Uh, You got uh, Anglum's solo blast, uh, a little insurance there. Uh, That double you touched on with with Bryce was was big. But Will's comment after the game, our our guys – stayed in the fight speak to that with the mentality yet you have to have as a ball player as a competitor at this level well i mean it's it's coming into it and and staying in the fight and i I love that he said that because at the end of the day you can you can put your tail between your legs because you're facing vanderbilt but the boys didn't do that i mean they stepped up and you know got an early lead which i think is huge i think it's huge just for momentum Obviously, we knew that Vanderbilt wasn't going to lay down. Coming into the game, they've only had eight home runs, though. And that, that was one thing that uh, that kind of surprised me. And their leading guy has three. But, you know, coming into it, solo homers aren't going to kill you. I mean, they're not fun, but they're, they're not going to kill you. And you did a great job on the mound of, you know, there's a couple leadoff walks, but but nothing like we've seen in the, in the, in the early part of the season. And, you know, I just think staying in it and it's not getting down, knowing, you know, they hit those uh, two home runs and, you know, we go down a little bit, but they never gave up and they, and they knew they knew that they could stay in the game and they were out hitting them. We, I mean, Shea came in and did a fantastic job. Like I said, Emmett gave us a great start. And, but Shea to come in and, and do the things that he did, and you know, it was, it was just impressive. And they stayed in it and they knew they had a chance to win and, and they believed in themselves. And I think – like we said earlier, it's, these early tests are awesome because it, it shows the character of your squad and, and, and what you guys can do and, and how, how you do it. And, you know, those two out hits and just adding insurance and just and trusting the process and going deep into counts. And, you know, it, it's when you get called to pinch hit and, uh, you know, and you go in and, and have a full count walk and, and just extend an inning. And that's, that's what we did all day. Jabba Chamberlain with us. Reaction, Nebraska downing number seven, Vandy five to three in Minneapolis. And let's speak 
about the pitching for a moment, your expertise. Emmett Olson, Shea Shanneman, you've touched on it so far, but they were almost at their best today, making some critical pitches, getting some big time outs. What, what, what can their ceiling be? What, what does Emmett Olson, as we expand for the season, what, what could his, his, uh, his ceiling be? And same with Shanneman. Uh, you know, how, how good can he get as he navigates through? This is a monster confidence boost for both. I think it's huge. I mean, obviously, Emmett coming in and, and you know, preseason accolades and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, coming in early, you get some out-of-conference games and you get a chance to play these, these powerhouses and, and these names. And I think just being able to build on that and, and to know it's like, you know what, it's 60 feet, 6 inches no matter who we play. You know, it's just another team. It's just another name on the back of the jersey. It's just another game. And I think it's just to, to build off that. And, you know, to, to be that guy and to have, you know, and, and we all say that Friday night attitude, and you have to have a little bit of it. And you have to know that you can go out there and beat anybody on any given day, no matter if they're number one in the country or if they're number 100. You have to be pitched the same as they're 100 as they are number one. But – I think just the confidence boost and the aspect of knowing that he can do it and know he can go compete and have that and have that dog in and to to get it done is, is something that is is just going to build and grow every game and and every time he steps on the mound and, you know, Shay to come in and in that situation and, and throw up those, those numbers like he did just mix in, you know, had a great fastball, had a little, had a little jump to it. And, you know, his breaking ball was really good. I mean, he threw it for strikes and, you know, he got some strikeouts with it. And it's just to be able to come in in that situation and, you know, throw up a zero. Like I said, some of the biggest innings is when we go score a tie game to come back out and throw up a zero. And that just, you know, it stops their momentum. It continues ours. And, and we've seen how that played out for us in, in a 5-3 to three win. Well, Coach Bolt called Shannon the heartbeat and – Really uh, appreciative of, of how his, his uh, closer came in, did his work, that super senior uh, being on point. And uh, Nebraska, a, uh, a shot in the arm with a, a, a statement win. And it's one of, another, of, of two opportunities this weekend, along with Hawaii tomorrow. So let's talk about uh, the rest of the weekend. We were discussing all week what success looked like. You got to at least go one and two. You've got a chance to uh, to, to go two and one or, or three and zero oh if things keep on rolling, and and then you, you get back to the friendly confines. Uh, as you look at the Big Ten early so far this season, I mean Iowa's had some impressive wins. Ohio State was uh, down in Arizona taking on TCU last weekend. Uh, is is a conference a little bit better through a couple weeks than maybe you thought, or were you kind of waiting to see how they'd respond with not a ton of national respect. Maryland's been about it, but there's been some, some nice moments so far for the conference as a whole, and Nebraska uh, echoes that again today with the win over Vandy. Yeah, I think these, these, early, these early tournaments and series and, and everything that, that we get to do being a northern school and, and try to get some warmer weather and get the boys outside – as as a whole, we you know everybody thinks the Big Ten is you know it's been Maryland and Michigan have been really kind of the talk of the last few years. But 
you know, I think it's just the opportunity to showcase what the Big Ten is because when you get these chances to play these teams and to show, you know, and it's not necessarily going out and, and beating, but it's also going out and competing and see the caliber of talent that is in the Big Ten. And, you know, hopefully it opens up some eyes. And then and, and I think, you know, early on just projections of, you know, and, and projections are projections. We all know how we feel about those. But <laughs> it's one of those things where if you just look at it and if you just look at the surface and they'll see the Big Ten. But now you kind of look at it and you've seen some wins that, that these Big Ten schools are getting over some SEC teams and, and things of that nature. And, and I think – that they have to understand that there is talent here. There, there's talent everywhere, and we've shown that, and we've shown the ability in the Big Ten to win big games. And I think it's just it's going to make it's going to make the conference a fun conference to watch and to see just the parity and, and just the the nature of the competitiveness between all these teams because they're all cumulatively coming into some some big wins that it is going to engage them and understand that's like, hey, we're, you know, we, we're a team. Like, this is, this is something that we can build on and get better and take the momentum and continue to build it and go into the Big Ten season. And, you know, it, it's once you get home and, and get into that conference, you know, things get going. It's quick. You, you got to have short-term memory and everything like that. But I love these early, early tournaments where you get to face some teams that you most likely wouldn't get to face until you get to the postseason and kind of have a good judge on uh, the ability and, and the the level and, and what the team can be and should be and has shown so far. Jabba Chamberlain with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska over Vandy today. Husker baseball off to a great start in Minneapolis. And now... And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes wrapping up. Jabba Chamberlain with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska over Vandy today, 5-3 to three in Minneapolis. So in your career, was there a, a spot or a stop on the road that had somebody comparable to the Vandy Whistler? We didn't have any of that. We, we maybe had maybe a yeller. The only, the only one that I could ever think of is when we played – in conference when we were in the Big 12 was Texas Tech. They were called the Tech Hecklers, and they knew everything about you. But that was, that was interesting because they, they would say stuff that you probably didn't know about your own family. So it, it was kind of entertaining. I, but we, we never had the Whistler, so um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I mean, when we watch Vandy games on, on TV, sometimes I have to mute it and, uh, and just watch the game. <laughs> so did you have – a response for the tech hecklers? Oh, you know, it's so funny when, when fans and stuff, they, you know, they heckle you, they give you, they give you trash, they give you whatever. But when they give something creative, I always turn around and it's like, that was a good one. And then they get so shell shocked because you actually responded. And my favorite is, is like, they'll just be wearing you out. Like you stink, you don't deserve this. And then you'll turn around and start talking to them. And then they're like, no, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I was just, I was just talking to you. They just don't ever accept, like, hey, we're human beings. Like, we don't, we don't come to your office and throw staples at you. Like, come on, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> so it's, it's always entertaining to, uh, to entertain them. And they get sometimes shocked. So it's pretty fun to play with them. 
Who got heckled the most uh, when you were in New York? Which one of your teammates? Oh, I mean, everybody. And, but it's one of those things where I always – it's a Pedro quote. And Pedro Martinez says, they don't boo nobody. <laughs> so when you're getting heckled and you're getting booed, it means you must be doing something. That's fair. I mean, everybody. It's Like, you don't even have to be good. And if you put pinstripes on, like, there were some guys that didn't even play, and they'd be getting booed. And, you know, we'd be in the outfield for BP. And one of the young kids, he's like, I have like three days in the big leagues. You don't even know me. And it's just like, <laughs> just because you put the uniform on, people boo you. So it's, I love the fans. They are fantastic. They, I, I love the fact that just, you know, just to interact with them and, you know, if they come up with something creative, I'd love to turn around and be like, man, you know what? That was fantastic. Like, that, I laughed. That was a good one. What's the uh, the most creative Boston fan ever got after you with? Uh, I mean, I got hit with a battery, if that's creative. Oh, my I Lord. Mean, <laughs> as far as anything else, uh, no. I mean, in Boston, when I got uh, when I went to Detroit, Torrey Hunter was playing right field, and I came out in the fourth inning with Joe Nathan. And they started chanting, Yankees suck. And Torrey Hunter turns around and walks to the crowd and he goes, you guys are idiots. He doesn't even play for New York anymore. And that's just, that's the stigma of what it goes. Like, I was in a Detroit uniform and they started chanting that. So, it was a good laugh from everybody. But, yeah, there was always, there was always a little extra security when I was in the bullpen. So, it, it, it made it interesting. Where'd the battery get you? Like, in the back because you're, you're so close to the fans at Fenway and I was just taking a break in between pitches and yeah, it just got me like right above my number. How was the velocity? I would thank God it wasn't a D battery. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Java Chamberlain with us. Husker great world series champ. Huskers take down Vandy today. Job a lot of fun, man. We'll do this again. Thanks for a few minutes. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Good to talk with Jabba Chamberlain. And, I mean, he's got stories upon stories upon stories of of fans. I think Toronto, and apologies to any Labatt Blue lovers out there, but Toronto just got after it because their ball club wasn't good when he was playing the Blue Jays when he was with the Yankees. So they'd pour beer on him. He got beard in, in Fenway. You being a Cub guy... Did you spend most of your, your, your Cub experiences, did you do bleachers or were you along first or third base? Well, when I was younger, we would just do in the main grandstand just because my parents didn't want to take a kid into the bleachers. <laughs> but not that the bleachers are like Child protective may yeah, frown like, on that. That's, that's for, you know, people my age now, right? Yeah. So and up. So, I mean, I have sat in the bleachers before. Um there was, are you a heckler, or do you just do you, are you, do you well, just mind your own business? If you ask the people around me at the Husker basketball games the past month, they would say yes, I am. But so, <laughs> so you have dove into that life. It is. I have because it's funny for me, especially during college basketball season, just because of how old some of the players are because of the your age years and everything. And um, I do remember this one time though. I was at a Cub game for one of my friends' birthdays, and we were in right field. And Alfonso Soriano was still on the Cubs, if you remember that yeah. mm-hmm. that name. And home run or strikeout? Well, I, I don't remember what his offensive performance was like, probably because it was forgettable. But he was in the field, and this dude, 
He was secretly a Reds fan, but he had a Cubs jacket on over his Reds jersey, and he was yelling at Alfonso Soriano the entire game. And then finally, somebody turned around and was like, you're literally a Cubs fan. Why are you yelling at him? And then he unzips the jacket, and he's got the Reds jersey The great reveal. It was unbelievable. Like People legitimately got mad at him, but that's like the biggest probably heckler story I have from Wrigley specifically. That's fair. I mean, pretty good one. I, I can only imagine between Cubs and Cards, it, oh, yeah. it, it would get heated. And the, the Vandy Whistler is infamous, is the best way to put it. And uh, his trips to the CWS and Vandy fans are great, and all you know, Ole Miss fans. And then there was the uh, hurt at posting of the the Jello Shot Challenge, yes, which was iconic last year and will be resurrected again this year. But I never really, as a kid or even in the stands, I'd be loud during free throws, and it never worked. So did you do research on players? Well, I didn't have to because I already knew, like, okay, for instance, I would pick out one guy from a team. And this started actually with the Wisconsin game with, Tyler Wall. You're the reason they won against Wisconsin. Yeah. You're heckles. Obviously. <laughs> it was Tyler Wall and it was um, Stephen Crowell. And I've got a buddy who goes to Wisconsin, so that made it even funnier because I was telling him about it. But every time Tyler Wall got the basketball, I would just scream his first name. And then my buddy would scream Stephen Crowell's first name every time he got the basketball. So it's nothing menacing. It's just something random. Whenever they touch the ball, it's vocal they got to hear you. And I think that's just kind of the funny part about it. And I'm, people were laughing around us, so it was received well. I wasn't trying to be like an a-hole or anything. It was just something <laughs> funny. Well, the, uh, the, the research that was done on some of those Duke teams with Christian Leitner, folks would, would get very, very personal. I mean, there literally is a documentary called "I Hate." Christian no, I know, Leitner. but like they'd they'd find out information on girlfriend. They'd mm-hmm. put rumors out there. This is pre-internet. There were phone numbers. It's always wow. funny to hear too, where the the room number would get leaked out, and folks would be calling. Oh no! I think Miami would call up Oklahoma or Penn State during either the Fiesta Bowl or the Orange Bowls. This was off the U, where they called the opposing quarterback and pretty much threatened what they were going to do to him <laughs> 12 hours from now during kickoff. So that was uh, that was pretty funny. It's all I, I never, yeah, I never got nasty. Uh, no run our test moments, thank the Lord. <laughs> we'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment, financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at uh, C underscore Clark underscore 27. And can watch the show, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, find and follow that, all the great updates and info and Post uh, presser reaction with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Can stream the show on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at H Varsity Radio. Can watch on Facebook and Twitter as well on KFOR Sports. 
and uh, check out both uh, Facebook links as well. Uh, we'll talk to Jacob Padilla less than an hour down at PBA. She's covering prep basketball, did sneak over to the Hendricks Center for Nebraska basketball before they get to Iowa City. And an injury update from Coach Hoiberg for Nebraska basketball against the Hawkeyes. Wilhelm Breidenbach dealing with plantar fasciitis. That issue did not practice yesterday. Back and got some work today. Don't, and I, I've never had plantar fasciitis, but it sucks. My dad had it. And imagine if you're a Wilhelm trying to patrol the paint and the perimeter with that uh, that heel issue. Blaze Keita still hasn't practiced. Doubtful for Sunday. So Nebraska going to be limited and thin. They they don't care, uh, nor will Iowa. I think Iowa's got some payback on their mind. Uh, really good interview. Uh, encourage you to check out the podcast with Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, where you can download the whole show or different segments. Of course, our friends in the morning with Hale Varsity Radio, Coffee and Cream, Andrew Rogers and the great Damon Benning. Damon had a great sit down with Dr. Elza with Nebraska football today. Uh, that was at 9 a.m. That follows us on, at least locally here, Lincoln, uh, at 9 a.m. And uh, really, I, I, go check that out. She's really, really impressive, phenomenal uh, pedigree, of course, from Texas with her administrative background and coaching background. But she's just really cool to listen to. And uh, check that interview out. I believe that's posted Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with coffee and cream. So tremendous interview there. And we spent a little time with Coach McBride on it yesterday. But Nebraska's support staff is is in that ilk of what Bama has, what Texas has. And, and think of all the high-level work you can get done with that many people and – Kind of under Coach Rule's direction, his attention to detail. And if you have all those sets of eyes, it can go one of two ways. It can be streamlined, and you can get a ton of work done, a ton of development, great communication. A culture can be set, and, and I think that's the, the way it's going to go with Rule. Or you can just have too many cooks in the kitchen, you're just bloated, and everyone's on payroll doing nothing. There's, there's really just two sides to the coin, but I think Nebraska – has found some really good people to become part of the football program. And Dr. Elza is absolutely, uh, you hear all the great things uh, about her. But what a get for Nebraska football. And she's uh, as, as good as advertised, as impressive as advertised with that interview. So check that out. The Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman, the professor is going to join us. We'll tackle some Husker topics from the week that's been. Brady Altman's recruiting and the NFL Combine. Jacob Badilla covers state basketball. Next hour with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. 
Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Elijah. We have checked on him. He's alive and well, but it's still only, I don't know, 4 o'clock in Vegas. So, Bill Dolman with his pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor at Bill Dolman on Twitter. You can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. You want to watch and listen, or the Hale Varsity Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Billy D, uh, I've not been to Vegas. Someday you and I will make that uh, inaugural journey to uh, crash with our dear friend Tony George. Uh, until then, Elijah's going to go uh, see Ultimate Fighting and do it. You were how old when you made your first trip to Vegas? Oh, geez. Uh, probably late 20s, I, I think. Uh, I, I had to wait a little while, um, but. Uh, not nearly as long as as you have waited, and I'm still dumbfounded by the fact that uh, you have not been out there. I am. Uh, you said that Elijah is alive and well, so I take it that he hasn't broken into Mike Tyson's place to steal a tiger, or has uh, uh, gotten into a little bit of trouble with roofies at a liquor store in, on the Strip. No, uh, Zach Galifianakis is not with him. Uh, he has not <laughs> run into his, uh, his his pal Chow. And uh, there is no rooftop ransom waiting that we know of okay. yet. Well, it's, it's, it's still young. It's only Friday. It, it is. He, he should be parked out by the Hard Rock Hotel pool is what he should be doing. Uh, you know, I, I have been there a, a lot. You've been to the Hard Rock a Hotel lot. pool? That, well, that, that was the hotel when I was in the Mountain West Conference. That was basically the... Uh, the network and uh, and conference headquarter hotel. So, I, I I I think I may have spent about a year of my life at the Hard Rock Hotel <laughs> in uh, Las Vegas. Well, is it as good as advertised? No endorsement <laughs> fundage coming your way, of course. But did you enjoy yourself, Chris? Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I get that, but I had to ask. I had to try, <laughs> even for a work trip. Yeah, especially for a work yes. trip, brother. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I have, I have told uh, told Elijah to to avoid the mushrooms and, and all those good things that are in Vegas and just focus on, he's a smart kid, so focus on learning the intricacies of craps, go win it, hold them, and uh, don't hit on, uh, on 13 or above. There are a lot of smart people who have done a lot of stupid things in Las Vegas over the years. That's why the lights are still on, all right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's uh, spend a second on Husker baseball. We spent a lot of hour one, but a uh, statement win. Uh, in, we know how long the baseball season is, so it's just one win, but it, it is one win over uh, a, a national champion and a program the caliber of, of Vandy. I loved Will Bolt's message after the game, uh, and and he I think he he knows what this team can be, and I think he likes seeing what not only getting the win but how they got it done today. Well, it, it's very significant given the start of the season. You know what happened out in San Diego was disastrous, and look, that's a nice program out there. But Nebraska at worst should have gone two and two. And uh, I, I know how disappointed and angry that team was uh, when they got back uh, from California. And I think that was kind of an identity check. And if you're, if you're a baseball team that's coming off the kind of season Nebraska had last year, 
when hopes were so high after the previous season and uh, uh, to have a, a bad 20, what was that, 2022, they wanted to open up with a, with a good statement series in San Diego, and it did not happen. And they could they, the season could have tanked after those four games, and especially after that one inning in which you're up 16 to 11, and you blow that and you salvage a, a tie. I mean, this has been a really dramatic and important start for the Nebraska baseball team. They, they could have really tanked the season again. But to come back and do what they did against South Alabama was significant. And I, and I think going to Minnesota, most Nebraska baseball observers for how casual they are right now, because we're coming off the high of the, the winning streak in basketball and, and with what's going on with Matt Rule and football and all of those kinds of things, the volleyball news, we're in that, that easing into the baseball season for fans, right? They know what happened in San Diego. But I think most people would have thought if they could get one win, and that would be Hawaii that they were pointing at, one win in Minnesota, that would be nice. Two wins, knocking off one of the ranked teams there being Ole Miss or Vanderbilt would have been significant. And now you're looking at the way they played today. Why not go 3-0? and And then when you come back, you've got nine straight home games against, you know, the, the kind of schedule that you you had wins with, right? Northern Colorado, Illinois State, Nichols State, Omaha. Four, 13 of the next uh, 14 games are at Haymarket, and the only game that's not at Haymarket is in Omaha against Creighton. So you go, you do well at Minnesota, get two wins at least there, and come back. This this is a top 25 team going into conference play, if not now. Well, Bill, you mentioned that everybody kind of looked at Hawaii as being that one game that Nebraska could win in this three-game pod in Minnesota. Well, how does that change from how do you not lose to Hawaii after beating one of the best teams in the country? How do you avoid the hangover, if you will, tomorrow? Because that's still an equally as big of a game, and if you want to win all three, obviously, it starts with tomorrow as well. If I'm Will Bolt, I just keep showing box scores or a video of San Diego. I I think that's my season-long motivator. You know, you come into this season thinking we are putting 2022 behind us. That was a bad year. We're a new team. We're a hungry team. Same mentality that, you know, nearly went to the CWS two years ago. And you come out of the gate and play like that. And you collapse in the fourth game when you had a chance to win. Uh, I would humble my team really quick and remind them of just where they were two weeks ago and how they felt when they rode (laughs) – you know, when they got home at three o'clock in the morning and had to get up for class with a uh, that that hangover in San Diego, so uh, I I think he has plenty of ammunition to get his team's attention uh, pretty quickly and to say you still have to focus and uh, enjoy the win that you had over Vanderbilt because you played to your potential. Now keep doing it. Bill Dolman joins us. Hale Varsity Radio, Husker baseball, a big W today as uh, they took down Vanderbilt. That's the uh, the feel-good story. They earned it. They uh, made enough plays in the field at the dish, some really timely hitting, and didn't get uh, drilled too bad. So basketball, Nebraska. Let me, let, let me just say something real sure, quick sure, about, sure, sure. about the win today that I don't think people have really talked about much. And I think that's the first couple of innings. In, in, they let uh, – Vanderbilt had two men on in the, in the top of the first inning, right? And got out with one out, I think, and got out of it. Double play ball. And then Nebraska, 
And then Nebraska had the bases loaded. It only managed one run and left the bases loaded in what their half of the of the second inning, I think. Nebraska left five on base in the first three innings. These are those little moments in games that people forget about. Nebraska, yeah, they had 13 hits and eight doubles and a key home run and a nice play defensively. But to to shut them out in that first inning and they strand two base, they strand two guys. I thought that was significant. And then to come back after the disappointment when you have a chance to have a big inning, leaving the bases loaded and only scoring one run, but they still came back and they still played great baseball. They didn't get down when they had an opportunity to lose, to get down early and to not come back. I like those first two or three innings as the real key to the why they won the game late. Yeah, they could have rolled over easily. Big, big like time thought there. That's a great take and a great point where, yeah, nine nine left on and you left two stranded. You get the pitcher's best friend, the the double play ball, and uh, you're able to, to stabilize. It was a prove-it year for Fred Hoiberg. Nebraska still within conversation, although the, it's a little steeper hill to get to postseason uh, in the NIT, but but Fred really put a nice February together, and and this team molded and persevered. And what what did Fred prove to you this season? I don't know how Iowa's going to go. I think I know how Iowa's going to go Sunday, and I think I know how things are going to end in the Big Ten tournament. All that being said, what what did Fred's performance? What did this team say to you this year? He's got really good character guys. He knows how to uh, foster some chemistry, I think, with the guys that they had. Uh, you know, last year was was fun when you had uh, the McGowan's brothers and certainly somebody who was uh, apparently going to be a longtime pro, and it was fun watching him for, for a year. But to put that team together the way they did with getting Greasel um, uh, and getting them to buy into each other, and, and I, I just – I like the chemistry that he fostered. And the adjustments that they made, you know, the, the win over Creighton was great. But when you lost both of those defensive guys, when you're, you know, averaging 60 points per game and you're a really good defensive team and losing those two guys and then adjusting the way they did from a bad January to a great uh, February, um, I, I thought that was – I thought his coaching job – in the last two months was, you know, some of the best that he may have done in his entire career. I just love the chemistry of this team, you know. Um, I think everybody does and appreciates the way they play. Email in from our dear friend and listener, Kent. What's coming back? What's coming in for Fred? Uh, or have you thought that far ahead? I I think there's a, a – we'll see about Tominaga, if he comes back or not. Uh, I really like Jamarcus. I think he's grown and, and played at a really high level. Mm-hmm. He could be a double-digit score for here for, for Nebraska moving forward. Uh, Development-wise, Fred's guys have gotten better if they stay, right? And in in their careers, I've seen that. Look at Derek Walker specifically. So I think Breidenbach's a guy that I'm not ready to, to check out on with his skill set. Uh, same with Keita. Uh, if if he can stay healthy, so and and then you've you've got um, Pride of Alabama coming back as well, uh, presumably. So that's kind of what's returning, and and you got to go fishing, don't you, Bill, for a couple more Greasel type guys. I know they had a walk on kid from Air Force in that's Greasel like that that may transfer in, but that's you know folks that are disappointed in in. The, the cumulative four years, 
That's their question here. What's coming back? What's coming in? How does next year be better? So at minimum, it's an NIT. Well, let's not forget the kid who washes the dishes and mows the yard at home. You know, <laughs> Sam Hoiberg's coming back. I would assume. I don't think he's declared yet. How, um, how would that conversation go over dinner? Hey, thanks for the pizza, <laughs> Dad. I'm hitting the portal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, people fell Michigan in love with, uh, with, with, with Sam Hoiberg, and justifiably so, the way he played. Um, you've got Lloyd, the point guard. Uh, was it Ramil Lloyd? Um, yeah, yeah, you know that, that they contemplated, you know, playing him and and preserve the redshirt year. And so I, I would assume that, you know, he's going to be here. But in this transitional period of basketball that we're in, who knows who's going to be back and who's going to be available on the free agent market? You know, in college basketball. But I, you know, if you can if you can get Tominaga to come back, and you've got Hoiberg coming back, I, I I'm with you. I think uh, Lawrence is terrific. Uh, Keita proved that you know he can be a solid player if he can stay healthy. Uh, Gary's going to come back, I think. So there are some good pieces that you know were part of what they built this season and developed into this season. That if you can maintain that kind of chemistry, then it's kind of parallel to um, uh, Will Bolt's team in 2021 that you know i was referring to earlier everybody loved that team the chemistry it had the way they played the game of baseball everybody loved this nebraska basketball team and the way they played the game and they hustled and fought and and uh, played for each other and played to the crowd you know you, you've got to capitalize on that and try to figure out what that formula was and Derek walker was a big reason for that mm-hmm. and uh congratulations to him on coming back though I, I think what he did for the program and for himself this was a very valuable season for him nebraska's got to find that kind of maturity and experience uh that will help keep that team together in, in that uh that chemistry kind of way yeah you're gonna have to to move it forward next year it's it's uh, another dare I say, prove it year for Fred, but I think he gets that. And if they can avoid the injury bug and, and maximize some, some good moments and pieces from this roster, we'll see where they can shake out. Uh, Big Ten, I don't know yet, Bill, how many will get in on Selection Sunday. Pretty damning loss for, for Rutgers, but I still think Rutgers has that win at Purdue in their back pocket to stay in the, the field of 68 Penn State, yeah. Wisconsin, Michigan, all have had tough losses. They'll need to put a little bit of a run together. But even Illinois stubbed there, too, I mean, toe as well uh, earlier in the week. So Minnesota, while being the 14 seed, is looking a little bit like Nebraska last year towards the end of the season. They don't want to, you don't want to play them come tournament time. Guess who gets right? them? Guess who probably gets them on Wednesday? You know, I, I think the, the way college basketball has gone this season, and, and I've said the Big Ten's a bunch of club fighters knocking each other out as opposed to a bunch of great heavyweights, you know, in the ring. But the way the whole season has gone, uh, there's enough respect for the Big Ten that they'll have maybe more teams get in than they probably should or would. I mean, everybody's, what, right around 500 in league play. But they'll probably, you know, get in on a reputation that, well, they just beat each other up because it's such a tough league mm-hmm. to play. Because, quite frankly, there's not a lot of other great teams outside of, you know, the let's face it, the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. Um, the Big Ten's going to get its share, you know, seven probably. Mm-hmm. I would think maybe, maybe eight. I don't know. Bill, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for jumping on. Good to spend a few minutes with you, man. 
All right, boys. Go Big Red. There he is, Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, hunkered down in his office. NBC Sports, the professor, Bill Dolman. Brady Oltmans, we'll talk combine and some visitors coming up with Nebraska football. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time a Friday at Hale Varsity Radio. Weekend edition tomorrow, 7.30 on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Also, the Twitter handles and Facebook can catch us. Mark Cranach, myself, Sharpie, and... Yes, Mr. Brandon Vogel. We, we say hey to Brady Altman's as he is hunkered down. My man, you are always on top of it for combine updates, recruiting coverage, football stories. Do you venture outside? I know you take Archie for a walk now and then, and we may meet at a watering hole from time to time, you and I to test and, and make sure the whiskey supplies sound in Lincoln. But uh, how are we doing, man? You excited for the weekend? What are you, what, what are you, what are you up to? Uh, yeah, uh, going to try to take the dog out for a little bit of walk, do a little bit of excursion, might try to try to get to SRAM, you know, if the weather holds up, um, probably not Saturday because it's a big uh, combine day, but mm-hmm. maybe squeeze in a little bit of time on Sunday. And then uh, Husker Soccer is doing a little three-game jamboree on Sunday, so Sweet. I'm going to head out to Hawks and spend some time there. That'll be good. The guy that's in town for state basketball, Carter Nelson, able to, to spend some time with Nebraska. And uh, let's get an update there as uh, Nelson uh, back in camp, back at campus, checking out winter conditioning. Uh, again, Matt Rule getting all the, the, the right visits unofficially, even during uh, the, the, the dead period. And uh, it just kind of speaks to his persistence level. And Brady, this thing sounds really too good to be true right now with just how how effective Nebraska's been in communication and their ability to to, to get some response from, from so many high-level prospects. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we knew about Matt Rule when he took the job is he's an aggressive recruiter. It's, I mean, they even... That's what Archie just thinks. He's, and he's all about it. Um, <laughs> but he, and even, you know, they hit the recruiting... Um, they hit the recruiting trail it opened up and they had like three assistants, you know, like it, they didn't even have their full coaching staff until after signing day. Uh, so, so they really go at it hard. And I think their, their evaluation and how they recruit kids, they they build the relationship, but they want to make the kids known that they are priorities. I mean, they are really, maybe not urgency is the right word, but they really want to let the kids know that, Hey, we want you, we want you now kind of thing. Like we're, we're here for you in the long run, but we're, it's going to start now, you know? And I think the, the thing that interests me most about Carter Nelson, not only just like him as a prospect, I mean, he's, he's an incredible athlete. And I, th- I think he's, there's a reason why he's getting offers from Georgia and Alabama as well. You know what I mean? Um, he, it stood out to me on his visit, his family went along with him and um, the Nebraska coaching staff had uh pads and a jersey the size of for his little brother to be there <laughs> and, and take pictures with him and like that's it's just a little you know those little details like that and of course matt rule uh, describes himself as a detail-oriented guy those are the kinds of details that i think stand out um when you when you talk recruiting when you talk about building relationships especially for you know in-state athletes and i think that those are those are the things that really uh in-state recruits really tend to be drawn to 
Brady Oatmans is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Brady, when you are covering the NFL draft, and this is just something that I'm curious about too, what do you look for most, either in Husker guys who are there or just anybody who are there? Like, What do you think is the most important drill that you look out for when covering these guys? Uh, well, it varies. It, the, the particular drills kind of vary by position, but I'd say just fluidity. Um, the the college game to pro game is it's such a, an elevated step. I mean, you're talking about the greatest football players on the planet are playing in the NFL versus, you know, some very good football players in, at college. They need to be able to, to flow and move at the speed of the game and be able to adapt well in order to stand out. Um, I think Oshan... Oshan showed a little bit of it yesterday. Um, he's, I, I don't think he ran his 40 as well as he wanted to, but in a lot of the fluidity um, and kind of uh, bag drills that they had to do, kind of showed a little bit of that. Um, I'll be curious to see what Travis and, and Trey do there. Obviously, Trey's speed and, and everything like that stands out. And Travis, Travis has kind of probably got an uphill battle to fight, and I think showing a little bit of that agility would, would help him stand out. I want to go back to recruiting and, and with the, the 2024 in-state prospects. Of course, Carter Nelson is uh, tops on the board, and, and he's, by by most of the national outlets, is, is a top 100 or right there prospect in the country. You have, uh, you have a boatload of Westside kids and McMorris and Davon Hall. Kalen also, uh, the, the quarterback, and then some other uh, metro area prospects uh, with Pi Form from Central and Murphy from Elkhorn South. DeFrand uh, looks like he's in on Dion, the, the talented Lincoln High cornerback. But Caleb Benning and, and Teddy Rezac are just studs from West Side. And then uh, I've liked watching Jacob Arope uh, do his best, Charles Barkley for Bell West on the, on the hardwood. He's a, a, a beast of an offensive tackle. Right now, I mean, what what do you think Nebraska does with this 2024 class? They seem to be in good standing, in good position to get all of them. Do you think they try and take all of them? I mean, we're talking nine kids in state again. I think they they want to get every kid that they think is going to make a big impact. Um, I think that you and I have talked about before, Danny Kaline's kind of a weird situation sure. because – Where he's at I – mean, with with the yeah, recruiting yeah. a quarterback yeah yeah i mean that's just that's 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 tough sledding to come into this particular recruiting class for him um davon hall he's in college station this weekend i believe taking a visit to texas a&m who just offered him uh and he just got an offer from old miss as well i mean he's he's getting the big offers coming in isaiah mcmorris uh is starting to pick up a little bit of steam those are two you know athletic receivers that fit rules prototype and what he's looking for uh and then I think Caleb Benning kind of also fits that that mold of what he's looking for in terms of a person and in terms of like the uh, the mold and framework of who, what he's looking for in, a, in an athlete. And then, you know, you got those big linemen. I mean, they took a lot of big in-state linemen this last recruiting class. I think that they see that as a good position to hammer home again uh, in 2024. So it's I, – I think that they want to – they want to keep – the best in-state talent in Nebraska, but then you've also just got to compete with what you have odd circumstances with some of the best talent. They want to get top cal- caliber guys from the country, and then that kind of muddies the waters a little bit. 
Brady Altman's with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Some recruiting discussion going on at Brady Altman's on Twitter. Uh, I, I think a, a, a dude in this state is, is Teddy Rezac, uh, listed as athlete, uh, phenomenal ball player. And, and he's a guy that you can – and Rule's been great at this, finding the best position for a kid. There's so many options – you could go with with Teddy on either side of the football for you. Yeah, I mean, he is just an exceptional athlete and the kind of kid that that would flourish in Matt Rule's system. I don't know. Uh, I don't know at what point he says, "Okay, I want to be this position," or I see sure. myself, you know, you know, playing this particular position. Whereas the Rule coaching staff might say, "Hey, if you want to play in the NFL, or if you want to have the you know shine on the brightest stages, we can help you get to it." But it's we see you more in line of, of X position mm-hmm. or, or Y position all over, but he's, I don't know. He's, he's one of those kids that I think that maybe you, you might see kind of ramp up a little bit more in the spring here. Um, once they, once they maybe once they get them in for the spring game or a little bit later in spring practices compared to like that big rush that they've got coming in the first week. Okay. Uh, back to the combine, back to Indy. You're an NFL GM, Brady. Uh, you and Archie moved to pick an NFL city. What quarterback do you like best in this draft? I, I probably say Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I get the intangibles, and I get that they do all the measurements and everything because it's a it's a lot of money, and it's a, there's a lot of you know risk involved in the NFL draft, especially the quarterback. But I'm I'm also an advocate for the number one measurable is winning. And if you if you're a quarterback that can you and win, Charlie Sheen, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it, I, and I understand that Alabama didn't win a championship this last year, but you know Bryce kind of had had it. It wasn't for a lack of effort at the quarterback position. So I'm just saying he's he's a guy that high risk, high reward. Go for him. Do you like him more than say Justin Fields? Would you rather have him than Justin Bears fan Fields asking right for now? a friend? Yes. I, you know, I've thought about this and I think you, you listen to offers, maybe you do a little bit of the, a little bit of the college game. You, you, if you're the bears, you draft, you draft Bryce. Now you put those two together, see who shines out and then basically say, all right, well, somebody give us your best, best last and final offer for the other quarterback and see if, you know, you can get a little bit of return in for your, in, in exchange for a potential NFL franchise quarterback. It blows me away that, say, listen, you can go 11-2 and two and you had two two-point losses in, in overtime. LSU and Tennessee have fun with that road schedule. And, and they didn't have – they had great receivers, but they didn't have, like, elite receivers this year. The run game was not as stout. They had about – nine penalties a game they were undisciplined in comparison to past bama teams but they didn't win it and you're going to have probably the number one quarterback taken and the number one edge guy in will anderson that just blow you away to, to think about out loud that all right bama regressed with with two top five picks yeah well and it's one of those instances where it's an alabama team that kind of regressed whereas if it's any other team in the country you know that has that kind of sweet year yeah you know that's the one we remember kind of thing um but in 
I don't know. It, it's just a, it just goes to show because the the caliber of athlete we're seeing now is incredible. I mean, you look at those guys, and then you look at you know like a Jalen Carter, um, and just the movements and the a guy of that size with that kind of movement speed and velocity and power. I mean, this is the the ath the college athletes now, and especially now in the SEC. And I think you're going to start seeing a little bit maybe more commonplace or a little bit more spread out, I should say, instead of common. Uh, these these caliber of athletes are just incredible that we're seeing. Now. Well, the latest Kuiper mock draft has the Texans trading up to take Bryce Young, Indy trading up to get C.J. Stroud, and the Cardinals, air quote, settling for Will Anderson at uh, at number three. Jalen Carter falling to Chicago. Sorry, Connor, with the fourth pick, but you can get a king's ransom with uh, trading that number one overall. Brady Altman's with us. Brady, we'll check you out on Twitter this weekend. We might pop by for a drink as well uh, in, in, uh, at some point this weekend. And thanks for your time. Thanks for your coverage, as always. Appreciate you guys. Uh, always happy to have a drink. There he is. Brady Altman's with us. HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brady Altman's. Find him on Twitter. Quick timeout. We'll head to PBA next with Hail Varsity, presented by Currency. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Let's head to PBA. Jacob Padilla doing awesome coverage, as always, for HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, uh, Nebraska coverage, Husker volleyball coverage, football, uh, volleyball, basketball, state tournament coverage is... Jacob is uh, posting up and boxing out uh, girls' state action here and then next week for boys. Jacob, how's the day been, man? Give us an update and what are some impressions? Thanks for a few minutes courtside. We got you muted, bud. Now we got you. There we go. There we go. Apologize for the, uh, the background noise, but yeah, I'm live on location here at the, the Class A girls semifinals for getting ready to uh, tip off here. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great day uh, here at PBA. The, the C1 semifinals were fantastic. Both went down to the wire. And then the Class B games were both blowouts, but saw some pretty spectacular individual performances as well. So it's been a fun week at PBA. Uh, Brett Prince is good as advertised, looking at a third uh, straight trip to the, the B final, and she went off again. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, 30 points. She missed one shot, and it was a three from the half-court logo at the end of the first quarter. Oddly enough, I think she was she probably took the shot from York on the map <laughs> and came up about an inch short. Um, and that's the only shot she missed. So put up 30 in less than three full quarters of work. Uh, just five rebounds, five assists, five steals. Just phenomenal performance. She's been so incredibly good this week. Yeah, she has been all season. It's uh, very much looking forward to tomorrow's uh, matchup between Scott and Elkhorn North, a rematch of the first weekend of the season when Scott handed Elkhorn North its only loss of the season. Jacob Adil is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, I saw earlier, I believe it was today, that North Bend Central escaped into yet another championship game. They're going for a four-peat, correct me if I'm wrong, what is it about that team, and how do they just keep sneaking their way back in, and not even sneaking, but just getting all the way back to the mountaintop and having a chance to win a title? Uh, the Emanuels, uh, Manuel sisters, uh, 
one graduates and they bring another one and she steps up and plays a huge game. Uh, Caitlin Emanuel is senior now. She's going through the fourth state title. Um, she, she was good again today, finished with uh, 20 points, uh, made some, went five or six in the free throw line in the fourth quarter. Um, and her, her sister, Lindsay Emanuel, uh, sophomore now stepping up, 16 points, and she was really good defensively. Um, really good athlete there. But credit to Malcolm. They gave North Bend Central everything they could handle there. Uh, freshman Hallie Dolliver, fantastic. Had 15 of her 25 in the fourth quarter to, to lead Malcolm back and give them a chance to, to win that game. But North Bend, in the end, able, made a few few clutch defensive plays down the stretch and, and then salted the game away at the free throw line. Um, Dolliver's name, you're going to hear a lot. He's a really good volleyball player as well over the next three years there for Malcolm. Jacob Padilla's courtside PBA, Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, thoughts on Lincoln High tonight, their task against Millard North. What do you see? It's going to be all decision-making for them, taking care of the ball. Millard North likes to play fast, likes to get up, pressure. They, they pass the ball, everybody takes shots. Not necessarily one player that you have to lock down on for them. They just kind of have everybody. They play a bunch of girls, and all of them uh, contribute. So Lincoln High's got to make take good shots, and take care of the basketball. If they do that and bring their usual intensity, uh, physical, physical uh, physicality, um, and um, go hard, like they're, they're going to have a chance to win this thing. It should be looking forward to both these Class A semifinals. I think they both have a chance to be uh, fantastic. Avril Smith from Millard North uh, had a chance to see her for the first time earlier this week, and she is so talented where she's great on the glass but she is so active her footwork and her mobility for someone her height and size she's special and and millard north does a great job of getting that inside out kick and look for three and she's got good touch too yes her is going to be staying out of foul like every single game i watch her she picks up two quick fouls um constantly playing in foul trouble so you're going to need to keep her on the court um and again, like she, she's capable of having a big game. Um, uh, Sarah Harley shot the ball really well in, in their opening game, hit five threes. Um, Izzy Galligan's a freshman playing up. They've got um, uh, just, I mean, you go up and down the line again, you never know. Like they don't, they rarely are going to have somebody with 20. It's going to be 12, 9, 7, 8, 15, maybe. Uh, that, that's that's a tough thing about that Miller North. Is, they're, they're so offensively balanced. Uh, it's hard to key in on any one player. In Lincoln High, we know uh, that that group of uh, veterans there, Keanu uh, Wiley coming off the bench with, with huge. And then Divine Harris, she was the best player on the floor in the fourth quarter in that first round game and willed them to that victory. Um, that was anybody's game, and she made so many big plays down the stretch. Um, and we know Brianna Robinson, uh, Jalen Brill, like they, they've got a bunch of players that can play. So. Uh, it's going to be a lot of really talented players uh, in that second semifinal tonight. Jeff Motes will have that coverage locally here for you tonight. So, got to ask real quick, Husker Basketball Iowa, uh, you've got uh, Wilhelm dealing with the plantar fasciitis. Saw your tweet earlier at Jacob Padilla underscore. Blaze is still dinged. What are your expectations Sunday? <laughs> I have no idea with the way that Iowa shot the ball the last two games after the way they shot the ball the first two. I don't know what to expect with this Hawkeye team. Um, could not throw it in the ocean two games in a row. Made a combined six threes on a whole lot of attempts. 
and then they followed up hit 30 of their 66 threes in the last two. Uh, if, if Iowa does that, then Nebraska doesn't get, doesn't have a chance. We saw with the way that uh, Michigan State picked them apart in that second half. They're, you're going to get threes against Nebraska's defense, especially without plays as an option to kind of limit the double teams. Uh, you're going to need uh, them to be not have a great shooting night like they did in the first game down in uh, PBA where they scored 50 points. Nebraska was all over them in that one. Uh, and, I, and I would just couldn't get looks to fall. Uh, so at this point in the season with where the roster is, they're going to need uh, some good shooting luck to go their way to have a chance. Um, we, we might see a little bit of Denim Dawson in this one to match up with uh, Keith, uh, with Chris Murray, uh, especially considering you don't, you're probably not going to have Blades. You don't know if, if Wilhelm's going to play, and if he can, how long can he go? What can he give you? Um, so, Hoiberg said he, he talked with Dawson, who's kind of fallen out of the rotation the last few weeks now, that he's got to be ready because um, they're going to need him with their, their lack of depth in the front court and with that, with that uh, Murray matchup. Jacob, 90 seconds. Lincoln has three teams in state next week for boys in uh, East, Southeast, and North Star. Uh, who can make a run in Lincoln, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, outside of Bell West, I think anybody, like the rest of the, the, the field is pretty darn balanced, and any anybody could win any of those games. I think Bell West has earned itself uh, into the top tier, clearly separate, but obviously East has had the best season. They've been the most reliable uh, of those teams so far, but um, again, matchups, depending on how you're playing, uh, North Star, they're a tough matchup with their length and the, the, the shifting zones. Um, that, that can be a tough prep for a quick turnaround if, if you get them, maybe if they are able to win that first game, you get them in the second round. Uh, so, I mean, Again, like Class A, I think Bell Weston will have a, a good shot there, but all the rest of those games, I think we have a chance to have a pretty pretty darn good uh, Class A tournament. Jacob Adilla, courtside. Follow him at Jacob Adilla on Twitter for all your high school state tournament updates. Jacob, take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Friday Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. As a weekend edition will stream tomorrow. And uh, check that out on the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Myself, Mark Cranach. Uh, we will get the uh, weekend plans of one Connor Clark as he's uh, officially going into this first weekend as a 20 one year old and has uh, some some buddies that are uh, no doubt. Have, do, you, do I need to call my my buddy Seth at the bar, Seth and Gregor's? Are you guys going there tonight? Which one is that? The bar, the bar. Oh, probably. Okay. Which one is that? It's the spot. The bar. It's the bar. The it's bar, the, the bar. bar. It's kind of like the Ohio State. The the, the o- bar. <laughs> it's, it's the bar. Is it trademarked? I don't know. It I haven't asked be. him. I haven't asked him that. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelts. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, speaking of the Ohio State University, C.J. Stroud is taking a bit of a beating by some on Twitter. They had the the. NFL Combine media sessions, and it's a very normal question. I love asking players, who did you like watching growing up? 
Who did you pattern your game after? Who's inspired you? And Stroud's like, well, dude, I loved Mike Vick. That's why I wore number seven. And I see some similarities in my game and Deshaun Watson. So he's like, I love Vick and I love Watson. And, of course, hilarity has ensued in that safe place called Twitter. Those are the two guys you're going to say you look up to and love? Right. Mike Vick shouldn't be a pet owner. Deshaun Watson should not have massage service ever again. Clear. But as far as the game goes, those are two of the more electrifying quarterbacks. you got to separate dumbass decision-making and what happens Sundays at noon. Right. I, well, in that, and if I'm CJ Stroud, thank you. I'm saying this to thank you for being being honest with who you liked watching growing up. Well, yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, I mean, he's talking about the play on the football field because, as yes. you said, those two are electrified football players. Get those quotes, quote, tweet it, and let's pile on. It's just a good headline that gets people talking, and, and I know we're talking about it, but I mean, Stroud's he's tough, man. I love how he's moved in the pocket. And he's maybe uh, maybe indie bound if they trade up. Probably. Are they do or do they have the second pick overall? I thought they were like Seattle has the fifth pick. I got them confused. To be honest, man, I mean I think Stroud and and Bryce clearly are the two, and I think everyone else after him. I'm sorry, I'm just not super wowed by. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. I mean. And, and who knows? I mean, Trevor Lawrence, look at look at how he got through last year under Herb. <laughs> and then this year was, was big time. He gets a, a really good head coach to uh, accentuate his skills. So pretty good. So are, are you grabbing dinner first before you guys go? I mean, I will. Get your I, don't, I don't think on. it'll be a group thing. but Because uh, everybody's just got their own plans going uh-huh. until. And then you are going to, to meet. Yes. Okay. Well, stay away from your phone and off Twitter <laughs> if it gets too crazy or extreme. Oh, need... Somebody log me out of my account. How about that? Well, whatever. <laughs> I trust you. You're good. Uh, do not reenact Elijah Herbal's night. I don't know if I, that's possible. Soon to be in Vegas. That's Connor Clark. Chris Schmidt. Talk to you tomorrow, 730, weekend edition with Hale Varsity. Take care.